all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator's enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Hey, hey, welcome everybody to another live stream. This is episode 29. This is our second live stream two days in a row, so going strong. Um, we'll see if I get another one in tomorrow, but uh, yesterday was pretty good. I feel like I rambled on a little bit, but today is going to be a little bit different. Um, we're going to talk... Uh, halfway through about the the legal framework of a private membership association. We're kind of going to go over what's in like your bylaws, your articles of organization, your membership agreement, and that sort of thing. Um, had some really good conversations yesterday with some other individuals, uh, one being across the pond all the way to Australia. And I've been getting some emails and questions about associations in Australia. So luckily, I was able to connect with this lady and she's got somebody over there that does a lot with common law and um, is helping people fix their associations because the association documents that I create here are specifically for the United States and your state. And when you start going into different territories, it's going to be different. Like they have a parliament, you don't. They have a constitution, but it's different than ours. And so there's all these different nuances and certain things that are required. So that being said, um, I think it'll be good for all of you that are in Australia that are looking to have PMAs. I know there's some operating over there. I know some have been tried, some have won, some have not. And uh, I think that's going to be a good episode to have in the near future. So like I said, today's episode is going to start off a little bit different. There is a buzz all over social media and everywhere. And I cannot turn on my phone without coming across this. And um I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it, but I figured why not? Everybody else is. I'll give you my two cents on it. And it kind of leads into um, some preparedness stuff and what you can start doing now or you should have already been doing. Um, even though as much that I've done for our family, I still feel that I'm behind the eight ball sometimes when it comes to being prepared and having everything in place and so forth. So what I'm talking about is the Michelle and Barack Obama sponsored movie that they were the executive producers on the leave the world behind now i wasn't going to watch it but then my curiosity got me because usually i'm on uh, burrow tv watching some type of video on there there's some great stuff or i think it's called tide tide wave now or something like that anyways um they're um they kind of accumulate all this different um alternative news we can call it that right so there's all this buzz all over. So I was like, all right, what's this movie about? Let me take a look. So I started watching it and right off the rip, there's a ton of different symbolisms and um, uh, racial undertones and all this other stuff. And if you leave all that aside, as I'm watching this, I, I just kind of was scratching my head saying, why is a former president, whether you liked him or not, why is he involved in this movie which i know the movie as i did some more research was originally a book but it's all and if you haven't seen it i'm going to do some spoilers so just so you know uh there's all these cyber it's basically a big cyber attack and it kills off all the communication and then it causes chaos and then it causes civil unrest and there's all these different possible different countries that are coming to take down america so being that he was, you know, uh, the president, he was probably entitled to some information that even at my level in the military and other people's levels don't get access to, even if it's the intel officer, it's very departmentalized when it comes to certain things. So 
I kept scratching my head. And I was like, why is he so interested in this? And, and why did he want to be the executive producer? Then I started seeing some videos and I wish I had one to key up, but I don't. If you jump on TikTok, if you're on there, there's this one lady that I saw. She's got glasses, blonde, curly hair. And she goes up and pulls up this article that basically one of the producers reached out with the script or whatever to uh, Barack. And basically after their conversation, the producer was basically should have worn brown pants to work that day. He was very, um, very scared and very uneasy about what he was being told. So um, I'm watching this video. There's there's certain symbolisms and stuff like that. There could be some occult stuff in there, um, depending on who you listen to. And other people say, hey, it's just a really crappy movie with a bad ending. I get that, too. Um, but there's just a lot of too many coincidences for me personally. And the more I look at it, I look at it more as, you know, there was that train derailment. I think it was in Ohio, if I remember correctly. Um, I could be wrong, but there was a movie that came out. I think it was like White Noise or something like that prior to. So like that movie came out, then the exact same thing happened like a year later. And I always feel like they're trying to tell us something in this movies, this this um, programming, basically, you know, if, if anybody's familiar with like CIA operations or Mockingbird or anything like that, um, which I'm trying to use words where I'm not going to get banned all over the place, but we are streaming in a couple different locations. So um, we're on YouTube, Rumble, and I think the Facebook group. So you might see it there. But anyway, so I'm looking at this and I'm like, what, what are they trying to tell us? You know, you've got a former president that's bringing his intelligence into this and you have this movie that probably didn't take a lot of money to make, but it was very eerie in the undertones of the movie and showing how there's this group of people who are basically being cut off from everybody because we rely so much on our cell phones and everything like that and internet connections and, and everything. So, um, and then they have basically a three-part plan and that is one disrupt communication. So there's a, a, a worldwide or not worldwide, but um, continental CONUS U.S., um, uh, cyber attack, which knocks out all the communication. And, you know, uh, they didn't really go more into that. And then it turned into basically chaos unleashing and then civil war and, and attacks on the people at the very end. And um, so it just made me think like, okay, you know, I, I, I tell you, I prepare for things, but I don't prepare for like the collapse of the world or like some of these clowns you would see on the old TV show, doomsday prepper and stuff like that. Um, granted it's for entertainment purposes for the most part, but you know, Hey, what happens if we have no power for three or four days? Like um, I wasn't here. I was actually in Afghanistan when it happened, but we had a snowstorm in new England uh, in Connecticut, uh, a Halloween, I think it was 2012, 2011. And um, you know, it knocked out power for like three or four days. Halloween got canceled and people were like cooking on their wood stoves and stuff like that. So just being prepared for those type of natural disasters or a financial disaster, like, Hey, I lose my job or I get injured, you know, cutting down trees outside and now I can't go to work. So are we going to be able to survive? So that's kind of how I look at things. And I, I get that from a couple of different sources where it just makes more sense to than trying to prepare for, you know, Armageddon, so to speak. So, Anyways, I did a quick search, started looking at some of the more recent in December cyber attack stuff. So I'm going to share my screen here with if I can get this to work. So right here, we have um, a uh, report here that Chinese hackers infiltrate critical U.S. infrastructure systems signals big trouble 
trouble for what's to come report. And this is December 12th, 2023. And then we have another story. This is on the 11th, uh, China's cyber army infiltrating U.S. reports. And so then I said, well, let me see if there's a cyber map of this because this stuff's all tracked everywhere. Now, again, I don't know how accurate this is, but here is a cyber map that I found. And I'm just going to go to the flat view for all you flat earthers out there. And you can see the amount of um, different attacks that are going on across the globe and where they're coming from and where they're concentrated. So I started looking at this. and I'm like, this is really interesting that this type of report came out on the 11th and 12th. This movie just came out. Like, what are they trying to tell us? What are they trying to say? Hey, this is this is what's coming. And then I just saw there's another trailer for Oh man, it's some um, civil war movie, like like civil unrest. I can't think of the name of it now, but I just somebody just showed that trailer coming out shortly. So I'm like, great. Now we've got all these movies that are predicting some of this stuff. And the only reason why I say this is because you know, like I said, they had that train derailment, that a movie that was almost identical to what happened. And now um, I can't think of the town, but basically they can't drink their water there. It's all screwed up. And the movie came out a year prior to it happening. So. To me now, I start thinking more um, with my uh, my military background and law enforcement. I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to do? So listen, if there's a major cyber attack like this, we're not, you know, my computer's dead, my cell phone's dead, even if it's in a Faraday bag or cage, um, it's just not going to work because it's not going to connect. The, the system's going to be down. Um, that is in turn going to interrupt supplies as far as uh things coming to your grocery store it's going to interrupt or disable water sources water treatment plants it's going to you know affect nuclear plants all this type of stuff so i started thinking okay well then maybe i need to do a little bit more so I just wanted to kind of bring your awareness. This not like, hey, this movie, if you look at some of the different videos out there, there is a ton of symbolism and stuff that I even missed. And, um, you know, again, I think it's kind of some type of programming. Uh, but at as far as kind of saying like, hey, in plain sight, here's what's going to happen. We're giving you a warning. Now, either you can be completely asleep and not think any of this is going to happen, but I mean, we're coming into a pretty much turbulent time here coming up with the new, you know, new election cycle and everything and and everything that's going on. So I, I could be wrong, but I'm just going to say, hey, listen, I'm going to do a little bit more on my end to prepare. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and get a year supply of storageable food or 50 pound bag of you know, beans, if you've never cooked beans before, any of that stuff, you can start small with small things. And that's just getting water uh, set up for each person in your household, you know, 30 or 40 gallons, uh, you know, set aside. And you can use something as simple as juice bottles or old soda bottles, something like that. Clean them out, rinse them out, fill them up with your tap water, and you're going to be good. Um, just comfort foods that you stuff you already eat. Like if you're not eating rice and beans, don't go out and buy rice and beans, you know, go buy your macaroni and cheese or whatever it is, and then have some type of source to cook that or a, a generator for your home if you want to get crazy and stuff like that. But you can literally just go into your pantry, look at what you eat, and then buy more of that. And one place I like to go is Aldi's. Their stuff's fairly cheap and inexpensive. And if I know we're going to be eating baked beans, I can go get four or five extra cans of baked beans and start packing my pantry. And then I just rotate through that stuff. So I didn't want to get into like a whole uh, topic of 
what you should be doing, preparing. We should all be preparing at some level. And I think anybody that kind of watches this channel or any of the other channels and stuff like that out there kind of all float around the same circles and groups. There might be some cross-pollination. But I think especially if you have an association and you have members that rely on each other, you guys should all be coming together and saying, hey, listen, if the stuff does hit the fan and it gets really bad, how are we, one, going to communicate with each other? Two, how are we going to get, you know, meet each other? Like, you know, we get in our car and drive 10 miles like it's nothing, right? Now go walk that 10 miles while carrying food because one of your members of your association says, hey, you know, I was more of a grasshopper than the ant and I don't have enough and they have a small child that needs, you know, maybe some powdered milk or something like that. So these are the things that I kind of think about with my association that I'm a part of here is, you know, I've got regular old good old fashioned maps that I can map out routes to where I need to go. I'm not going to rely on my GPS and my phone. Why? Because if something like this happens, and the grid goes down, it may not be working. Most likely it won't be. But then kind of taking a stock in what you have. And for a while, we were trying to find a location, centralized location where we could all bring in extras and just store it. So if we need it, you know, it's not that far, but we do have some members that are over an hour away. I mean, Connecticut's not big, but now we're talking some serious logistics as far as getting them together. So I think if you have an association that's kind of spread out like ours, you need to have your members, hopefully that are some um, geographically located close enough to each other where they can say, Hey, listen, I know I can come down this road. It might take me five, you know, to 15 minutes to, to walk to you or maybe longer, but this is how we can go. And we're going to have, you know, some Bofang radios that hopefully are in a Faraday bag and maybe they'll work on the GSM or, um, you know, I, I don't even think people can get regular old fashioned landlines anymore, but that might be an option. Um, I think they're all voice over IP now. So again, if everything goes down, now you don't have a phone either. Um, one thing I would suggest, you know, that everybody has, and um, I'll try to throw a link in this. I have a nice orange, so it's easy to find. I don't know why they make so much stuff in black. I know it's kind of Gucci and cool, but try to find it when it's dark. It's a pain in the butt. And so I have an emergency radio that's hand cranked solar powered and you can get no weather on it you can pick up local news channels so if you don't have anything other than that at least you'll be able to know what's going on and i think they're only like 20 bucks um once this episode or this uh podcast is over i will uh in post put that in the link so if you want to grab one go ahead it's just the small things like that you don't need to start real big you don't need to go out and buy these solar generators and all this other garbage and you know 500 rounds of ammo. If you don't know how to shoot and you can't shoot under stress and you've never done that, having 500 rounds isn't going to help you anyways. Um, and this is coming from my, my background. I was, I've, you know, some of you may or may not know, but I've been in different SWAT competitions. I've been through SWAT schools, um, you know, in the military, um, security forces in the air force, uh, multiple deployments overseas. So, you know, you train for those situations. Do I train like that now? Hell no. Why? Because I just don't have time, unfortunately. But I still find ways to train, whether it's dry firing, whether it's doing dry runs. And the one thing you should know how to do is how to clear your own house. And I'm sure there's a thousand videos online where they teach you how to pie a room and enter a room and, and stuff like that. But most of us, if something does hit the fan, we're not leaving our houses uh, for the most part because this is where all of our stuff is. You know, we're not going to be necessarily grabbing our bug out bag or our 72 hour bag and hiking it into the woods. And, you know, like some of these other videos you see of 
dudes digging holes and building these, you know, uh, bushwhack, you know, shelters and, and stuff like that. So anyways, uh, kind of getting off topic here, but you know, my point is just have some necessities and start small. Every time you go to the grocery store, buy an extra can of whatever you're buying, you know, buy that box of powdered milk, store it, you know, teach yourself how to can. That's one thing I learned how to do. And then can your foods in the summertime and put it away. But anyways, I just found that, you know, there's so much talk about this movie. There was uh, a lot of um, hidden, I don't know, messages in the movie, I guess you could say. And then looking at these two reports, and it took me all of 30 seconds to find these two different reports that came out on December 11th and December 12th about all the uh, cyber attacks that are happening currently here in the U S and what they're getting access to and stuff like that. And you know, I think if most of you are like me, you want to just, you know, one, want a leaner, less intrusive government and two, just kind of be left the hell alone. And I'm not going to be waiting for the government to come save me because I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to take care of their own and they're going to take care of the elite and that whole new world order and the whole um, reset. Now that would be a way of doing it. So anyways, enough of that topic. Let's jump on to um, what we're really here for. And that's the legal framework of private membership associations. I just had to touch on that because I was just, you know, thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? Everybody else is talking about it. I might as well throw my two cents and maybe this helps somebody. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But the first thing we're going to talk about is articles of association. And my coffee is now cold. But that's okay. So um, when you have your articles of association, you can get the DIY templates. You can get, you know, um, consult with myself or the ladies over at the PMA Manifesto. And, you know, they can write stuff for you. But basically, your articles of organization, I mean, like I always say, you could always write them on a bar napkin for all I care. But you're going to have, basically, on it, it's going to have your name of your association. So this one's going to be um, going over the um, what I have for a ministry here. And um, there's going to be different types. So you might have a for-profit, you might have a 508C1A church, or you might have a nonprofit social club. And those are all a little bit different if you are going to be dealing with the IRS, which most of us are based on our comfort level. Um, so you, you need to know really what your association is going to be set up for and what you're looking to do. Because if you are doing something that is um, tax exempt under the 508C1A tax code or the 5017, I always screw that one up, um, for social clubs, there's certain things you can do and you can't do with the money. There's certain ways that the money has to come in. Personal environment gets involved in that. How many people need to be on your board? So, um, you know, and, and what positions can be paid and what can't be. So um, this is kind of just an overview of what the document has in it. And again, I would highly suggest that you reach out to myself or the ladies over at the PMA Manifesto. My contact information is over there also. Um, or you can go right over to... Um, to East Coast PMA, and there's contact information to set up a time to talk with me and stuff like that. And usually I put my stuff in the uh, descriptions. Uh, I think we have some chats coming in here. I'm gonna see if I could uh, jump in here. Uh, yeah, I'll answer some of these questions at the end. Um, so um, with this, the, the articles of association, you're going to have your name and your declaration. So it's going to be the name of the ministry and your declaration statement. And then in the next article, you're going to have 
three things I like to include in there, and that's your objective, purpose, and mission statement. And your objective is just going to that. It's what the objective is of the overall view of the association. Then it is the purpose. And like if you're set up like here in Connecticut, if you are a religious organization, you are exempt from licensing for education for your members' um, children. So maybe that's put in there for your purpose that it's, you know, going to be exclusively for, you know, a shelter, nature, and spiritual fellowship of God's children, along with whatever else you're going to be throwing in there. And then you'll have your actual mission statement. After that, we start talking about members, because remember, we have to have exclusivity to our membership is we're not offering public accommodations. So it, you know, it starts off with section one on what a member, you know, uh, you know, uh, who can be a member, basically, you know, maybe it's something along the lines like here, it's all legal adults that meet the requirements for membership. And then it goes into the requirements for membership. Uh, and usually I would say if you're writing these yourself, that if your requirements for membership, if you have a statement of faith or your mission statement and stuff like that, make sure it's reiterated in there that the members have to agree or be in alignment with what your association is doing. And then uh, the next part would be uh, talking about property dues finances and it goes into you know the it, what the annual dues or monthly dues are going to be for the association depending on how you're getting set up what to do with property and then who's going to be in charge of a lot of that stuff and that's going to be your treasurer they're the ones that are going to run the books and stuff like that and then that leads into roles so whether you call yourself the board of trustees the founders the directors what have you you're going to have that information in there you're going to have your terms of office what happens if there's a vacancy and then what are your duties and responsibilities and then if you are going to be uh, in the next section i would break it out to if you're going to have an advisory board like we have an advisory board in ours and it's some of our most active members and that just helps us the trustees delegate some roles to other members to keep them involved so we can make sure that things are being done because if there's three of us that are running it sometimes you know with all the other stuff going on in life we don't have enough uh, time so it's helpful to have a, an advisory board that can help advise on certain things and take things over if need be then you're going to want to have in your next article your meetings so when meetings are going to happen, who's going to be allowed to attend the meetings? Where is the location going to be? If there's any voting going on in that meeting, is there going to be a 30-day prior notice? And if so, is voting from by mail or over the phone going to be allowed? Then it goes into committees and conflict resolutions. So, um, you know, I like to include, you know, because even if you're among friends, there's going to be some disputes that come up one way, shape, or form or another. So I like to have some type of ADR or alternative dispute resolution process in the um, the articles of organization. So it, it lays it out that, okay, if this happens, we're going to go with this, 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 and this step. Because the last thing you want to do is end up in court, in litigation, or anything like that. You want to try to handle everything in-house because that's the whole purpose of having your association is to be outside of all the other nonsense that is around us and have that parallel economy. Um, after that, you're going to go into, um, you know, it's going to reference the bylaws and then how amendments are made to anything. If you want to have amendments, who proposes the amendments, how many people have to vote on the amendment to make it part of your articles of organization, uh, dissolution, what happens if everything closes shop? Where does the money go? Who does it go to? Does it get donated to a nonprofit? That sort of thing. Um, 
And then after that, you're going to have all the trustees, founders, whatever you'd like to call yourselves. Here's a spot for you all to sign. So that was the, um, that was the articles of organization. Then the next major document you're going to have, and this is probably the last one I'm going to cover today because we're at the 23 mark and we got five people watching us. That's awesome. Appreciate it. And, uh, thanks for spending your time with us. So again, it's going to establish, you know, the name of the association ministry, free church, whatever it is that you're setting up. Um, for this one, again, I'm going through kind of like my outline for a ministry or church. Um, it's going to have an established date. You're going to have your preamble. Then you're going to, going to have something very similar to your articles of organization. It's going to be your purpose and why you're establishing this ministry, church, association, what have you. Then it gets into the next article will be the authority, mission statement, and statement of faith, especially if you're a ministry or a church. And again, this is stuff that your membership agreement is going to reference in your articles of organization. That way there that any members you have coming in, you want to make sure that they align with what purpose of this association church or ministry is set up for so you'll have your authority and most of the time that you know that authority is in god um the great architect um whatever you'd like to call it uh whoever you believe in so to speak and then i also like to reference you know the united states constitution the state constitution that you're in because uh, most state constitutions do echo the u.s constitution having the right of assembly and and stuff like that and then goes into your mission statement, uh, mission of um, your statement of faith. And then as we go through, it goes into the next article, which is appointment and powers of the board of trustees or whatever you're going to be calling yourself. So who is appointed to the board, the term, the offices uh, that they're going to hold, powers and duties. And this is where we break it down to the president, um, shall, or the chairperson, the vice president, um, the secretary, and then the treasurer. And these are all designated roles, and I write it up to where one person can't have more than two roles, or they shouldn't. That way there, if you're ever challenged, you can say, look, we're operating properly. Everybody has their role. Nothing is one person running everything, that sort of thing. Um, and then it gets in again to the, the, the treasurer's details and the uh, managing of the finances for the association. And then... Um, if you are going to be issuing any type of documents, like so, for example, medical exemptions coming from a free church or a ministry, we'll put that under issuance of legal documents. Um, if your state re uh, recognizes a common law marriage, we could put that in there, um, that sort of thing. Uh, then there's going to be what happens if there's a vacancy in the board. And then, again, it gets back into the membership Um who can be a member, requirements of membership. And then this is a big one that's not in the association articles of organization, but in the bylaws, it goes into termination of membership. And there's a whole bunch of different reasons why, and you can always come up with your own. You could add more, um, you know, something as simple as, you know, their conduct it goes against what the association is set up for. So maybe they came into your ministry, free church, what have you, uh, or faith-based association. Um, and then they say, hey, oh, by the way, I decided to join the uh, Satan Worshippers after-school program in my local area. Not that Connecticut's doing that anywhere at all, Lebanon. Um, but uh, let's say they start bringing something that doesn't jive with what you're doing. 
you can then have them removed based on your bylaws. And this is why it's really important to have everything detailed out. So if something should come up and they say, no, you can't kick me out, I'm suing you for my $100 I spent this year to be a member, you have that alternative dispute resolution set up where it's either binding or non-binding arbitration. Hopefully you can handle it with in-house before it even has to go to an arbitration because that costs money. But again, you have everything laid out, so there's no way for anybody to say, oh, I didn't know about that. So then we're going to go into, again, um, more in-depth on the advisory board and requirements for members to be on the advisory board, vacancies of the advisory board, and the powers of the advisory board. And then um, you're going to get into, um, for this, it's a ministry, so ministry committees. If there's any going to be any committees set up, how they're going to be established, does a trustee need to be on that committee, or can they kind of run their own committee without any oversight from the founders who set everything up? And then a term of how long and you know what that um, committee is going to be doing. And then it goes into non-liability for board members, indemnification and notice of limited liability. There's a blurb in there about that. And then you're going to get into assets if you have a trust set up um, for any reason. Uh, that'll be referenced in there also. And then it goes into any net earnings. Where's the net earnings going? If it's, you know, a, a church or ministry or, or association or anything like that, uh, who can execute contracts? That's going to be a whole nother section. Who has the authority to execute contracts? Because you just don't want some association members saying, hey, you know, we were looking for a spot for us to meet. I found this, this rental. I signed us up and I signed us under the name of the association, right? You only want certain members to have that power. Um, you don't want anybody to go up, be able to open up a bank account or anything like that just because they're a member. So it has to have the authority, the roles, uh, agreements, and approvals and stuff like that. And then there should be a section under uh, another article for uh, succession. So what happens if, let's say I'm a trustee and I pass, am I going to have somebody you know, how do I fill those spots? And you want to have that type of succession lined out. Um, if you're going to have a, a ministry or free church, what qualifies to be a minister? If somebody wants to be a minister within your ministry or a minister of your church, who's the, you know, candidacy, who's eligible, uh, what kind of education and training do they need to have? Um, you know, uh, they need to have a recommendation or an approval from anybody. Or they need to be ordained already, or are you just going to say that they've been ordained by God and we don't need a piece of paper from anywhere else? Those are just some of the things you have to kind of think about. Then also, if you're going to have any extra staff, so maybe you have an advisory, or maybe you have somebody that just, I don't know, they do all of the calendar work and they put together all the different um, programs and stuff like that. Um, that might be something that you're going to have additional staff for. So again, kind of like who can be a minister, if they want to be additional staff, they want to help out. Maybe you're doing education within your ministry. What qualifies them to be an educator or trainer? You want to have that all laid out in this section. So it's going to be candidacy, education and training, evaluation and assessment, recommendation and approval, and then process for dismissal should somebody have to be dismissed. And again, you can see why this is so detailed. You're going to, trust me, if you look at some of the others that provide documents out there, they're just carbon copies of crap. They got some from somewhere else. It's not even their own work. Um, so just be careful who you're getting documents from. I mean, you can go to some places and pay 10 grand for, you can go to some other groups uh, that have PMA in their name that um, their documents aren't worth much, 
or you can go to some websites and get them for $250. Um, and I don't know what you're getting. I have seen the majority of the documents out there. and A lot of them are very similar, even though they come from different groups, right? Because they're just carbon copied of each other. And I showed that one of the other videos. If you go look at their websites, they're all going to say the same stuff. Um, and then again, you're going to cover amendments, to the bylaws, how amendments are made. And then this is one part that I like, um, confidential, confidentiality covenant. And basically it's just stating in a nutshell that you're going to keep things private between you, the members and a fence post, right? We're not going to be going online and social media and posting about what we're doing within our group and stuff like that. Um, now that might be different if you're running it and you have a page for your group that only members can have access to. I know some ministries that are set up for education that are like that. So it all depends. Again, you can do what you want with this stuff. You know, that's the whole great thing about it. There's no one single way to do this. So the next thing again is going to be uh, conflict resolution and claims. And then that's kind of going to echo the uh, alternative dispute resolution, uh, dissolution again of the board and stuff like that. And then um, basically a, a savings clause and then everybody's initials. So those are your two major documents outside of maybe a longer statement of faith. If you have a church or ministry and the actual membership agreement, which I'll probably go over next time because um, you know, those are pretty lengthy too. And again, the reason why they are so long is you want to make sure that you have all your I's dotted and T's crossed or T's crossed and I's dotted, however you want to put it. That way there, if any disputes come up within your group, it's already written out how it needs to be handled. And there's no confusion on, you know, who's right, who's wrong and that sort of thing. So again, uh, let me just check, see if you have any questions real quick. Um, yeah. So there's a couple uh, uh, statements uh, about the, uh, the uh, leave the world behind video that we talked about early on uh, and uh, some of the news reports that came out on December 11th and 12th about cyber attacks. So uh, yeah, I do think they're trying to give us a heads up on what's going on. Uh, to me personally, that's how I take it um, without them coming right out and saying, I mean, why else would a former president have so much interest in a movie and be the executive producer on it? To me, it's just really weird. I mean, honestly, it was a little bit of a creepy undertone to the movie, but it wasn't like, um, you know, it wasn't like space aliens came out or anything like that, or like, you know, uh, you know, uh, the walking dead or, or some virus or something like that. It was, Hey, this is, you know, a cyber attack and this is what happens. And if you haven't seen, it, I don't want to ruin it for you, but it is on Netflix. It's not that long of a movie. Um, like everybody else says, the ending does suck. Um, well, that sucks, but it's just interesting. And there, depending on who you look at, there's some, you know, either religious, meaning to some of the things um like one of the neighbor's houses is called thorn and the door is red and there's biblical references to red doors and the crown of thorns and anyways what the little girl was actually looking for you can jump online and find all those different crazy rabbit hole videos but um yeah i i do think it's them trying to tell us something and what really got me down this rabbit hole was the fact that there was that i think it was white noise like i said earlier train movie came out derailment chemicals everywhere burn the train. And then a year later it happens. I think it was in Ohio. So anyways, that's today's episode. A um, couple things I want to let everybody know. Um, if you are um, thinking about being more um, cybersecurity conscious, if you use ProtonMail, I would highly suggest for their paid version because you get a VPN through them and the VPN is great. You can use it on your mobile devices, your desktops, your laptops, iPads, tablets, that sort of thing. 
Also, in the near future, I'm going to have a guy come on who does um, uh, de-Google phones. So this one here is basically a um, a secure phone. Uh, so it has all the apps that you have in your regular phone, but none of the stuff's being tracked or data recorded and sent out. And he's got really good prices on these. And he sits you down for like an hour on the phone to make sure you transfer everything over, how to work it, stuff like that. And I like the fact that it doesn't track me when I put in my, um, you know, if I'm using the GPS on it and I have to go somewhere, it's not, you know, it's telling me how to get there, but it's not being tracked by anybody and it's not being sent to any of the big uh, agencies or, uh, you know, Google and stuff like that. So um, I'll have him on shortly. Another way you can do it too is um, having a start nine server. Um, their link will be in the description uh, after all this is said and done, but I run a start nine system here. So I run my own basically bank like paypal but it's through bitcoin so i have that set up here which is nice um and we'll get into some of this alternative um parallel economy stuff i think in another video because i think having an association you need other ways other than just barter or you know i love liberty dollar for silver um backed transactions but you know using crypto and other means there are other ways of doing it especially when you control it and a lot of it's a lot easier than you would think if i can figure it out pretty much anybody can so there's that. And then, uh, yeah, just uh, start preparing. Take care of yourself. If you uh, have any types of uh, pew-pews, make sure you know how to use them, like I said earlier. And um, just watch out for the community that you're building. Those are the people that you need to take care of the most, um, you know, especially, you know, like I said, in, in smaller locations. You know, like we're spread out a little bit, but I have people relatively close to me where I can get to them if they need help, vice versa. And then, you know, have those basic paper maps, learn how to read it and set up different routes. Because if this is pre-programming of what's to come, it, it's a little scary if you think about it, but um, hopefully not, you know, hopefully I'm completely wrong and I'm just reading into this more than it needs to be. But um, again, we're going to try to be going live. Every, I say every day town, two days in a row. We'll see uh, how tomorrow is going to go. But um yeah, thanks for uh, tuning in and watching. And again, uh, check out some of those websites, especially that live cyber attack website. I'll put all the stuff in the show notes for you. Thanks for watching. And uh, as always, feel free to, you know, while you're watching this, ask questions. I'd love to answer them for you. And then uh, just let me know what platform you're seeing this on. And if you like this content better than the pre-recorded and um, edited stuff. So that's today. Thanks for watching. And I will see you on a... Next episode. The country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator's enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful.